Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Joe, we are back at Newport Beach. We're on episode 10 of season two, The Accomplice. And uh, I'm not feeling great, Joe. I feel like we've been having a great run of episodes. And this one, just nothing worked for me with the plot lines that we are starting to see form in this episode. Um, Matt, are you, can you swim? Because I'm pretty sure that we've jumped the shark yeah this is so if i'm if i'm remembering correctly so we i watched this a little bit more uh in the past than normally mm-hmm. normally i watch mm-hmm. the episodes the day we're about to record i yes. watched the i watched this episode about a week ago um but if i recall everything mm-hmm. this episode we've got more of the zach seth situation Lindsay is starting to maybe get to know Caleb. Um, Zach and Seth are going to start working on a comic book. And Marissa's going to start hanging out with Alex more. And there is just the most obnoxious Kirsten Sandy story line forming that uh, I just like every everything was bad, Joe. So let's let's do this. All right. I, they all kind of, I mean, you know, this is what my upteenth rewatch of the series. So I like completely, I completely forget how they introduce the comic. And it just seems kind of out of left field when it happens. In this, yeah. Because it, it's the, it's one of the first things that happens in the, in the episode, right? Yeah. It's so the episode. I wrote so few notes for this episode and spoiler alert for the next two weeks, not a lot of notes for those either. Like every, everything moves so slowly Mm -hmm, over mm -hmm. these three episodes. We kick off this episode where Seth, Zach and Ryan are all hanging out, giving each other dating advice, which is like already messy because you've got two Mm -hmm. guys fighting for the same girl in this situation. But yeah, they like Zach sees some of Seth's drawings 
and it's just like, we should make a comic. And they like <laughs> decide to start hanging out, making a comic. Um, while all of this is happening, we also, our first uh, appearance of Marissa is she's like drunkenly dancing around in her room, like first thing in the morning. And uh, Caleb comes in and she's like, oh, I'm feeling sick. I'm not going to make it to school. Uh, he's like, oh, I'll have someone call to check in on you in the afternoon. She's like, don't worry. I'll probably be sound asleep. And it's like, man, you're not even good at lying about any yeah. of this. And I wrote down, I don't think I've ever hated a character that I'm supposed to like as much as I do with Marissa. Like, because like, yes, we're looking at it through the lens of 27, like 37, like people in their thirties. We're looking at this the lens of people in their thirties. And it's like, you are just the most obnoxious teenage girl yeah. imaginable. But for the audience that this was intended for Marissa's rebellion was probably supposed to seem pretty cool. Look at her taking down the power structures of Newport Beach yeah. with her rebellion. With her, like, rich stepfather and her mom is traveling through Europe or whatever the fuck. And, yeah, it was, it's a little, again, right? Like, you said it best, we're two, like, cis men, one gay, one one straight. We're in our 30s. But we also, like, remember we grew up around the time period about what this show is supposed is it or grew up or contemporarily grew up with this show right yeah. you didn't watch it i did and so yeah at that time it's like okay rebellion is fine but this is this is the part of season 2 where marissa just like is insufferable and the whole like the storyline, if if we didn't jump the shark with lesbianism, then we definitely jumped the shark with um, Berkeley Fugitive. <laughs> so, yeah, let's, dear God. So where do we even start? Where do you even want to go, Matt? <laughs> here's the problem. So we made the decision. Normally we watch two episodes for each recording. Um, and knock out two episodes back to back. I'm just, I'm showing a little bit of a wizard behind a curtain. We went with three episodes. Here's my problem. We need to release three episodes. We can't just suddenly break format. But I feel like only one actual episode of information happened over the course of three episodes. It's so hard to find individual episode talking pieces <laughs> to discuss. So in this episode, all we really get is that Sandy had an ex-girlfriend named Rebecca, who maybe I wasn't paying attention, but I feel like this is the first time I've heard about this person who was like his almost fiance love of his life 20 years ago. Have we ever gotten information about this in previous times? No. A again, again, jumping the shark because it's like we've we've now all of a sudden it's it's one of those things where it's like the episode should have started with like five months later. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know what like... I mean? Like this shouldn't have been there shouldn't be this like a, the, uh there shouldn't be this uh, much happening so closely to what happened in the last episode. But here we are, and all of a sudden he's like, you know, uh, Sandy... See, that's the thing, is that they, they're trying to put the focus back on Sandy. Like, I can kind of see network TV writing structures happening yeah. <laughs> with this, because, oh no, it's okay. This is supposed to be a Peter Gallagher vehicle. You know, he is at odds with his Newport life in 
uh, at odds with his Newport life in season one. Yeah, which is remember one of when the Seth hated living in Newport Beach? We haven't heard shit about that in like yeah. twenty episodes. Yeah, <laughs> like, now he loves it. Well, yeah. I mean, again, he moved away. Whole... He moved away and lived mm-hmm. with with uh, Luke for a couple and the, episodes. And the gay dad and. And pretty much the second he came back to Newport Beach, he's just been all on board for Newport. Yeah, because Summer is there. That's the other thing is that in Summer and Ryan are there, which like I I want to say so much about like the supposed homoeroticism of him like leaving. Can you but... believe it's only been nine episodes since they saved Seth from Luke's house? It feels like that was years ago in my brain. Oh yeah, it, it's <laughs> like, like what 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 has happened? It, it feels like the amount of time that we've been recording. You know, like it's been weeks, yeah, right? Yeah, like but even then, from the stance of that was eight to nine weeks ago from yeah. our recording perspective. Like as oh episodes God. come out, it feels like that was like in the first season, like early yeah. first, like everything. This season was moving so smoothly until like right around last week. Yeah. The the X Factor episode where we introduce uh Alex's ex. Who's a girl? Who's a girl who's still there and like no lessons are being learned. Marissa is is already utilizing Alex the same way that she utilized DJ as uh, like I don't think that she actually cares about this person. It's no. just another thing that will piss off Caleb and Julie. Yeah. Like that's that's all this relationship seems to be at this point. I know. Um, I mean, are, you're on you're kind of on board with Julie as mother of the year, right? Like <laughs> well, let's not get too crazy here. Um I okay, so I wrote down this note and this is like I said Jesus, I really don't like this episode. Seth and Zach are annoying. Summer's kind of annoying. Marissa's at her peak of annoying. Like it is, it is so wild. So, so honestly, this. So let's just wrap up the Sandy storyline because it. We get breadcrumbs with this storyline. We find out that Sandy used to have this long lost love before Kirsten. Like they were engaged. He was engaged. To be engaged. Yeah, like this is all information we've never ever heard. And then her. His long lost love's father, who was like Sandy's mentor, shows up and is like, my daughter's missing. I need you to find her, essentially, is what it comes down to. Uh, I'm not doing well. I'm probably going to pass away soon. I want to make sure that I have all of my shit in order. Um, So Sandy goes on this deep dive to try to find her, and then he gets the information that Rebecca, his long lost love, is dead. And I'm like, cool, whatever. This was such a waste of an episode. Until... Can we also, before you mention, cameo by Jeffrey Dean Morgan? Yes. Which, like, was delightful because I'm like, oh, my God, that's that's um, that's Mr. Winchester. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Among, no. And Negan and a bunch of these other things. But, like, the star quality already in that little cameo. Oh, yeah. No, no. And then we get this information that... Unfortunately, Rebecca's dead. It's very devastating for Sandy. Kirsten feels bad for him. Blah, 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 blah. Mentor calls him to talk to him, and he goes over, assuming that they're going to have a conversation about what to do now that Rebecca's dead. And then the big end of this episode twist, bum, 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 Rebecca is alive. And all of this is very stupid. Um, (laughs) 
Like it's it's so it's so worthless, Joe. Everything oh that God. happened in this episode. And then then we get to the Seth and Ryan and Oh no, not Seth and Ryan. Seth and Zach. Ryan's like almost a non-entity as far as my notes are concerned in this episode. It's just oh, like yeah. more Ryan, Lindsay, and Caleb shit. They kind of get way more of a spotlight next week. Um, but right now it's just like, keep in mind that Ryan's dating Lindsay and Lindsay's the daughter of Caleb and Caleb don't like Ryan. Like that's pretty much yeah. just, they're just reminding us that this episode. Yeah, these three episodes, and I'm I'm actually, like you said, I'm glad that we're doing it because these three kind of make sense to lump together is that these three episodes, we really don't get much. Like Ryan's just kind of hanging out. <laughs> Ryan's just studying for tests. And yeah, he's, trying such, to... <laughs> he's such a non-entity in this episode. Yeah. Um, but what we find out, is that Seth has all these great drawings, but he has a whole book of just drawings of Summer as a superhero. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ryan's like, hey, you should hide that book. Like, <laughs> like yeah. Summer's, Summer's boyfriend, who's also your friend, is coming over to work on comic book ideas with you. And like... He might not love this creepy ass stalker level sketch pad that you've dedicated to Summer. And uh, Seth's like, all right, that's probably a good idea. So he hides it under the bed. He gets his other sketch pad with all the other drawings. And him and Zach are just in the zone. They're having so much fun creating this comic. Zach's forgetting dates that he's supposed to be going on with Summer. Summer's dropping by to be like, what's happening here? And she's yelling at Cohen for nerding up her boyfriend. Her boyfriend's been a nerd from the second we've met this character. Like, like this is not like new information, whatever. But finally, they agree to leave. They're like, oh, man, all right, we'll come back tomorrow and work out more ideas. And this is when Summer... Somehow, leaving the bedroom drops something, which causes her to reach basically all the way to the middle of underneath Seth's bed to find the hidden book of her drawings, and she's super charmed by them. She goes, oh, these are these are so good. These are so cool. Look at my boobs. Look at my boobs. Now, is this... Here's the one thing where I don't like when we watch this many episodes in a row. Is it this episode where Zach is on board for Summer being the main character of their comic, or is that at the very start of the next episode? Next episode. Okay. So right now, all that we know, Summer has found the book of drawings. Yeah. That's the extent of it. Which, uh, did you have a clean under your bed when you were a kid, when you were in high school? Pretty much. I mean... Yes and no. Like, I'm sure I definitely had to. Not Um, enough to, like, warrant a shot. (laughs) Like, if there was a filmmaker under your bed, like, there wouldn't be things there. Oh, you mean, like, if you went underneath the bed, there would only be that notebook and Captain Notes and nothing else? Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I don't... I mean... I give Seth a lot of credit, but like that is a little too much. Like I, under my bed is like extra storage, and there's a shit ton of stuff under there. Well, and that's Always the thing. Has been. Your parents don't want you to know about that when you're a kid because it seems messy. Um, but like when you're an adult, you're like, oh my god, this is like an attic underneath my bed. Yeah. <laughs> like this is just the stuff. This is where I can put the stuff that I never feel like reaching for ever again, but don't mm-hmm. want to lose for one reason or another. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Joe, I can't believe that this is the situation, but I genuinely think that less than 15 minutes into our recording, we've hit all of the plot points of this episode. It's such a nothing episode. I know. What is even I... the accomplice? Is the okay because we find out that Rebecca was not did not do the crime that they that she's been on the run for, but she was an accomplice to the crime in the sense of she knew it was going to happen and chose to step down. Yeah, like she's the accomplice. Well, it's a couple things, right? So like she Yeah, the multi-name the, thing. That's, that's the multi-name true. thing. Like so the the accomplice is Sandy because yep. Sandy is now like, you know, harboring a fugitive. The accomplice is him not wanting uh, him keeping it a secret from Kirsten. Well, mm-hmm. no, that comes up in the next episode, but like more it's like Sandy and it's also Rebecca. Yeah, it's it's okay. I mean, I you know, I don't it's okay that this is a shorter episode because like this is how they used to make TV. Yeah, no, I know. Guys, <laughs> I, I'm gonna apologize up front because I think I mean we don't do long episodes to begin with, but I think that you're about to have three weeks in a row where the episodes just barely crack thirty minutes. Of our podcast because it really they really took what could have been a one to two episode story and really stretched it for up to three episodes. But I clearly there's more beats coming because by the end of the third episode that we're going to record, like there's still loose ends. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like it's just like this is this is the same shit that happened. Well, no, it's the opposite of what happened last season. Last season they were telling these like what should be series long stories in like two episodes and then just like moving on to the next one. Mm -hmm. This one, it's like, why is this a 24 episode season? This could have also been like an 18 or 20 episode season and like consolidate some of this storytelling. Mm -hmm. I have to. So something in these three episodes, it's setting up something that it's kind of setting up something for the end of the series so like i want you to i want you to remember me saying this so that way when we get to the season finale of two we can talk about it because i think it's 
planting seeds for something that doesn't get fully sown that 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 will reap in season in the end of two and the beginning of three. Okay. No, I think and that's it, fair. And it's with characters that I don't think. Well, no, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna go that far as saying it. But like, I I think that like thematically, they're planting some seeds, or maybe the seeds of what happens at the end of two happens uh, is starting here. All of that to say, like. I told you that I have a lot to say about these episodes. The The main thing that I could just go on a rant about is the fact that we, we don't need to fuck with Sandy and Kirsten's relationship. No, I don't. Like, why can you not just have one dependable couple that's yeah. like the lighthouse Yes. against all of the other craziness it's we can talk we can save more of this conversation for the next episode because i think that'll come it's more oh, it gets it gets way messier <laughs> in the next two episodes for sure yeah. um, but like here's I, to start it off we don't need we should have never ever done it like yeah. we should have never fucked with this um here's what i will also give a compliment to Lindsay, alex zach these are all characters who have been on this season longer than I ever anticipated them being. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. think about season one. Season one, each one of those characters would have had a three-episode story arc and then just fucking disappeared. Oh, would have been <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 it's like they're actually letting these characters feel like they're part of this world. I'm sure that none of these three characters make it into season three of the show, but like... <laughs> It really Whatever f- makes you say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but at least it feels like they're trying to make them feel like they're legitimately fleshed out characters amongst mm-hmm. this group way more than they ever did with anybody who wasn't the core four and and Luke. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. this this actually feels like okay, no, there are students that go to this school. Um hold on. I'm like trying to figure out see, like that's the thing, right? Is that like there's star quality in Michael Cassidy has star quality. It's alt, you know, it's indie, it's alt. He doesn't he doesn't really enter the mainstream. Not in the way that Olivia Wilde does. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm just like looking now to see like what the actress who plays Lindsay is doing now. Not much. Like it's not like they left to be big stars. I just don't have any faith that these Well, also, I was cleaning my house. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, and I bought this house from my sister, and apparently she owns only season four of The O.C. on DVD, or at least that was the only DVD that when she moved out, she's like, I don't need to take this with me. So I what definitely a, noticed... cursed season. Yeah. I definitely noticed that the box art did not have Lindsay, Zach, or, or Alex on it. So I, I have a feeling they don't make it the long run, but I, it's nice that they are uh, somewhat established characters here. Joe, I am. I think I'm ready to talk about some music with you. Oh, that's and what music? <laughs> the, the between the three episodes, this episode has more music than the next two combined. Um, this episode, we get the song "Hands Up" by Walking Concert, which plays when the guys are talking in the cafe. 10 a.m. Automatic by the Black Keys is the song that Marissa dances to in her bedroom. Evil by Interpool plays when Marissa and Alex are having a talk. Portions by Foxes. Rilo Keeley plays uh, when Marissa and Alex are driving. And then Pretty, Ugly Before 
by Elliot Smith is the last song we hear in this episode. Honestly, this was probably the most songs I knew in a single episode. I knew three of these songs very well, uh, being a fan of of the artists. But I went with the song I liked the most. I was actually shocked to hear it in the episode, which is Portions for Fo- uh, Portions of Foxes. Um, I love this song, even though I never know how to pronounce the uh, the band's name properly. But it's just a really catchy song. It feels realistic. It's it takes me back to episode one where "Swing Swing" by All American Rejects is playing mm-hmm. in the car. It just feels authentic in that scene. And not like a like a hardcore advertisement of like check out this new indie stars album that we're gonna splatter all over this episode. Um, no. But what about you, Joe? I feel like you're going Elliot Smith on this. I mean, is it because I'm gay? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, it's just anytime an Elliot Smith song has been in the running, you usually lean into it. Well, because they they know how to like they know how to properly program an Elliot Smith song um, yeah. into dropping it. I'm only because I am not familiar. I'm only familiar with one of their songs, so it was nice to listen to other songs from this band. Um, Rilo Rilo Kylie, yeah, Rilo Kylie, the the Rilo Kylie. Um, uh, uh, track because I'm only familiar with one of their songs. Which song? And it was um, Breaking Up. <laughs> okay, so here's a fun thing about Rilo Kylie, actually. Here we go. We're going to bring things full circle. Portions of Foxes is on their second album. Mm-hmm. I believe it's the sec- the track right after it, or two tracks after it, is a song called Ripcord. That's him, Joey the Rat from Boy Meets World. He wrote the song, and it's literally a song about the death of Elliot Smith. And his his sadness of never getting to meet Elliot Smith. Wow. <laughs> okay. See, you're blowing my. Okay. Well, now I'm gonna spend the rest of the day cleaning my room, looking, uh, listening to Rilo Kylie. Yeah, that the album that this song is on is my favorite of theirs. I think it's a uh, more adventurous. It's a very fun album. Um, but Joe, real quick before we wrap up things entirely, we're gonna talk about something that we've been watching. Usually a cultural culturally culturally important moment um now we've been trying our best to stay away from promoting too many uh movies and tv shows while our friends because we're on strike pencils down yeah for our friends in the writers and actors guilds we we stand in solidarity um that doesn't mean that we won't but we still want to make sure that we're stressing to people that the studios are ridiculous my joe my friend from high school is making a movie and he has SAG actors in his movie and he was able to get the okay by just saying that he'll be able to fulfill all the things that SAG is striking for. And this is a dude who raised about $40,000 on a Kickstarter campaign to make his movie. So if my friend in the middle of bumfuck Pennsylvania can give in to the demands of SAG, Disney needs to get off their goddamn high horse that that to give in to those demands would quote unquote bankrupt and cripple the entire industry. <laughs> well, it's, it's worth saying it's <laughs> worth saying, right, that like the reason why this is so like this is just a nothing burger for them or at least for the studios is they created they created the problem yes. it is their fault entirely that they've created unsustainable models of business that like now it's like oh so if we're just asking for literally the bare minimum like yeah. <laughs> literally just the bare minimum and there is something to be said about like the existential threat right of yeah. AI and all of that stuff. So all of all of this to say, 
for as long as the strike goes, I mean, there's a great, there's a good possibility that we could be finishing season two and the strike will be on. Oh, yeah. No, I have a strong feeling that the strike is going to go until at least the new year. I really, truly believe that. Or that it ends so late in 2023 that nothing goes back into production until the new year. Yeah. Um, They're like doing Emmy campaigns right now. And I'm like, oh, y'all think the Emmys are going to go? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, there ain't no, there ain't shit that's happening until 2024 at the earliest. But anyway, all that to say, uh, I I write down my pop culture promo stuff months, months and months and months in advance. Just as I finish watching or reading something, I'll write it down. So funny enough, my pop culture promo for this was Love is Blind Season 4, which this episode will be coming out just in time for Love is Blind Season 5 to come out on Netflix. Uh Netflix is a giant part of the problem, but man, do they make some good trash. Uh, so <laughs> They're making all that trash for Yeah, that, that's all I'm going to say about that. They made some good trash with their reality shows. Um, I'm going to talk about a book. Okay. Because um, I just got it and I'm very excited. Um, it is called, I just have, happen to have it right here. Um, you can't really see it because I've blurred my background, but it is called Safe and Sound, A Renter-Friendly Guide to Home Repair. You talked about ordering this book yes. in a previous episode. And I have it now, and I'm bringing it back up because I have to... So, ugh, can we get real? Can we get real? We can get real. Um, I, like, I've been living with my parents for a long time, right? Okay. And this... This particular book by Mercury Stardust, the trans handyman who I mentioned in a previous episode, like I was just expecting it to be just a bunch of like home repair things. The first couple chapters are literally about how to find an apartment. Oh, I love that. And the things that you need to like watch out for and like literally giving you the questions that you should be answering. You should be asking not only from a like not only from a queer lens but from like just a you know mercury stardust is a is a handy woman is a trans handy ma'am so like it's like yeah ask to speak with the person who does the maintenance on the property and it was it's fascinating because like she also does this whole thing about um i mentioned it about like why renting like is nothing to turn your nose up at and just it is it was a beautiful couple first couple of chapters um she's coming to san diego in december and i can't wait for her to sign this i'm so excited um but like reading that made me like okay like i feel uh feeling less shame about living at home but also really desperately wanting to have my own place hey man i the only reason literally the only reason why i am able to live in a house that i own beyond the fact that i bought this off of a family member Mm -hmm. is that i spent the better part of my 30s living back at home with my parents like i i made that decision to spend five years after like renting a few places moving back in and living with them and and removing as many bills from my life as I could to be able to even consider saving up the amount that you would need for 
a down payment or even your first and last mm-hmm. rent payments to get a place. So there is, I am so, I, I mean, I think that it's gotten a little bit better now, but I am so tired of people shaming other human beings for like the changes that the, the choices they make to get out of a situation. Um, I've mm-hmm. definitely gotten into arguments with people where they talk about how expensive their student loan debt is. Yeah. And yeah. then when I say that I was able to pay it off, they act like, well, you cheated and moved in with your family. So, of course, you and it's like, no one's stopping you from doing the same fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's not cheating yeah. because anybody could do it. It's right? not like, it's not cheating because the system is already rigged for us to lose to begin yeah, with. Exactly. So, we're, so we're just doing you're using yeah. whatever means you have. They had a spare bedroom and weren't going to charge me rent so I could go there and yeah. pay off my student loan bills. You like, also like liked like profoundly liked the college you went to. Like Yes. <laughs> like yeah. I I can't really say that yeah. <laughs> because I like my program. I didn't. I wasn't like in love with oh, the college. No. I I like still feel emotional when I go back to the campus, and it was a commuter campus. It wasn't even like I was like living on campus or anything. Now they have dorms. Not at the time when I went, but it was just that we had so like me and I found my people when I was there, and the amount of fun and self discovery and you know the ideas that expanded mm-hmm. out of my head. Like it was just, it was, it was a very profound four and a half years. And, uh, I would, I, every time I go and visit that campus for any reason, I feel that specialness all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but Joe, you know what? I don't feel any specialness for any of the plot lines that we've watched on this episode. And guess what? We've got at least two more, if not three more episodes to continue to drive home all of this nonsense. So mm-hmm. stay tuned next week while we get to enjoy some more of these exciting white people problems. listening to the Geekscape Network.